uh, just a great day. And, uh, you know, worship leads us into the presence of God. It gets us uh, tuned in and ready. It, it changes our minds. Uh, sometimes our minds have been stayed on things that they shouldn't be. Sometimes our minds have been stayed on problems and stayed on circumstances and stayed on things that bring us down. And it's important for us to have our minds stayed on God, to have our minds focused on Jesus. And uh, this opportunity for these singers and these band members to come out and lead us today helps us to put our eyes and our focus on God. And so I'm grateful for that. And uh, the theme of this whole day today is going to be hope, hope, the hope that we have in Christ. And so we're glad that you are with us. If we've never seen your face before, we're looking forward to getting to see your face one day. So if you were a uh, first timer or let us know where you're watching from, maybe you're watching from a different state. We'd love to know that uh, you can put information in there. You can let us know about um, uh, you can let us know about um, your uh, communication cards. You can let us know about your prayers. Um, you can let us know about uh, what's happening um, in your world, and uh, we would love to be able to keep up with you in that way. So let us know about that. Uh, if you have additional prayer requests, you can let us know about that. Uh, we're just grateful that we are getting a chance to spend some time together. And, uh, uh, and remember, we're excited about when we come home. Now, I did send out a survey this past week, and I don't want anyone to, to be concerned about that. That survey is just telling us so that we can plan for the future and our hope and what we know is that we are going to gather together again. But we're not going to gather together again until it's safe, until our city, our county, our state, our country has agreed that this is what we need to do. But there's going to be waves of how that happens. And so we just wanted to know. We wanted to know about your service times. We wanted to know about uh, if you'd be willing to come, if there were restrictions like a mask or whatever the case may be. So we just wanted to kind of have that information. If we had to go to three services, services for a while because we can only have a certain number of people that's kind of the reason that we sent that out so we just want to remind you about that I also want to remind you about our baptism this is our our, our baptism shirt uh, this will be uh, given to everyone who joins us uh, for everyone being baptized on that first Sunday that we're able to gather again we're going to gather together and have a sunrise beach baptism. And so it says, I have decided uh, for water baptism. So if you've never been baptized or you feel the Lord calling you to be baptized, then you can send that information to us. You'll see it in your feed. You can let us know. You can send it to Williams at cityonahillchurch.tv. You can call the church office Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to uh, uh, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. and uh, we can get you connected. So those are just a few things as to what's happening um, as we just prepare uh, for the future and we prepare for our chance to be together. I can't wait. We already have about 20 folks that are signed up and ready. They were going to be going on Easter Sunday. Now they're going to have a sunrise baptism uh, on that first Sunday back. Whenever that is, we're just trusting God. What I want to do today is uh, I want to dig into uh, our, our scripture today. I want to dig into what we're doing today. And, and uh, we are in a series called The Middle. 
And, uh, and right now, I feel like we all know how it feels to be in the middle. And uh, one of the things that we know about the middle is it's no fun. Uh, sometimes being in the middle can be a real challenge for us. I just finished telling you all these things that we're hoping to do, but we don't know when they're going to happen. There is a beginning, there is an end, and we're in the middle. There was a beginning to this crisis. We're in the middle of it, maybe toward the end of it. I don't know, but I do know one thing, and that is that there is an end to it, thank God. Uh, everything comes in seasons, and so uh, I, I changed our series to move to this series called the middle. And uh, the reason we did that is because we know that we need people to have hope in the middle of this struggle. And so uh, I've learned a long time ago, a long, long time ago, the most dangerous people in the world are people full of hope. They're full of hope. Why? Because people who have hope, they endure through any and every circumstance and they have a resolve to never quit and why is that resolved because we have hope because we have hope uh the bishop desmond tutu said hope is being able to see that there is light despite all of the darkness that's what hope is that's what uh, uh, bishop desmond tutu said and these past few weeks in our world we've experienced the darkness of a pandemic we've experienced the darkness of covid19 We've experienced the darkness of coronavirus. We've experienced this darkness and we continue to experience. It's claimed, claimed the lives of many people. And it's changed many lives forever. And uh, however, we, we must not allow it to snuff out our hope. We must not allow it to shut down our hope. And so today we're going to look at the biblical character, character Daniel. It's the book of Daniel. It's in the Old Testament. And it's a powerful book. And Daniel is writing this book. And he's writing this book from captivity. He's writing this book in the middle. He doesn't know how it's going. And he's had some prophecy. He's had some understanding. But he doesn't know when it's going to happen. You see, when Daniel was 17 years old, his country, Israel, was conquered. It was overthrown by Babylon. And the Babylonians, they wanted to make sure that Israel wasn't going to rise up again. So you know what they did? They took all the best, all the brightest, all the youngest, all the thinkers, and they took them captive and took them back to Babylon with them. And so life as Daniel knew it changed forever in a heartbeat. I think we all can identify with that. Just a few weeks ago, life for us has changed. You can see it. You can experience it. I think you all know uh, what, what I'm talking about because we're living in the middle of it. It changed the way he worships. It changed the way he worshiped. It changed the way we worship. Think about it. We're worshiping right now online where you, we would normally have a packed house and we'd be waiting for another packed house. We would be fellowshipping and hugging one another. We'd be spending time together. But something changed the way he would worship. It changed the way he eats. changed the way he lived. It changed everything. However, in the midst of that, Daniel never lost hope in God's plan. 
Daniel never ever lost hope in God's plan and God's provision for his people in both prosperity and persecution. You see, it's easy to praise God in prosperity. It's easy to praise God when everything's going right. But when you're persecuted, that's not so easy. And so Daniel learned to not lose hope in God in prosperity and persecution. Whatever, he said, my, the, my circumstance and situ- situation does not change the power, the beauty, and the sovereignty of my God. And I'm here to tell you this morning that that's true for us. It's true for us. No matter what circumstance we find ourselves in, God was not taken by surprise. It doesn't change his power or his sovereignty. God is in control. The circumstances of our lives may change. The circumstances of Daniel's life changed 100%. He couldn't worship the way he used to worship, but it didn't stop his worship. He couldn't worship the way he used to worship, but it did not stop his worship. He found a new way to worship, the same way you and I have found a new way to worship. And it might have changed the way he lived. Yeah, it absolutely changed the way he lived, but it couldn't force him to change his character. It may have changed the way he lived, but his character remained intact. Why? Why? Hope. A four-letter word. Hope kept him moving in the right direction. Today we find ourselves in the middle. We find ourselves in limbo. Is our country going to open? We hope so. We don't know when. Is our state going to open when our country opens? Is our county going to open when our state opens? Is our city going to open when our uh, county opens? We don't know. Our schools are closed for the rest of the year. And parents, right now, I can hear a cry out right now from parents. My wife's a teacher, and she's been getting calls from parents saying, we love you. We don't know how you do it. <laughs> and so, uh, so there's a struggle there. Uh, we don't know if we're going to get back to normal. And to be honest with you, I don't even know if we want to go back to normal because normal wasn't working. Think about it. I don't know the answers to any of those questions, but what I do know is I have hope. I have hope that we're in a season that's going to come to an end. I have hope that you and I are going to grow in our faith. I have hope for a brighter future. I have hope that there's going to be a return of millions to their faith. There's going to be a return of millions of people to faith in God. There's going to, I have hope that we're going to worship differently from this point forward. We'll never take for granted the worship and the gathering of the saints together. I have hope that the way we live is going to be transformed and changed into a brighter future. We're going to love God more. We're going to love people more. We're going to love the world more. I have hope that we're going to see these things. But while we wait, while we wait, here are a few thoughts. A few thoughts for you this morning. What do you do when you're stuck in the middle? The first thing, we can use our struggle as a testimony of our faith. In the God that we love and serve. We can use our struggle as a testimony. You know what? People are watching you right now. People are watching me right now. They see you talk about. They see the cross around your neck. They see the, the fish on your car. They see the Bible, uh, hopefully without dust, in, uh, on your table. But they're watching. They want to see, do you believe in the God that you claim you believe in? They want to see that. 
And so, so they want to see that through your lifestyle. They want to see that through your behavior. Now, Daniel, he was taken into captivity in Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. It says, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself and God gave Daniel favor I'm gonna say that again and God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs and so here's Daniel he's there he resolved I'm not gonna do what the Babylonians do I'm not gonna do that I'm not gonna hoard like the other people are hoarding I'm not going to be greedy like the other people are being greedy. I'm not going to be hateful like the other. I'm not going to do those things. I'm not going to do what other people are doing because they're doing it. I'm going to live differently. And he was offered fine, rich, delicious foods and wine that would affect the way he worshipped. Though You see, he had agreed not to defile himself. And had he partaken of those foods, then he would be defiling his faith. And he said, I'm not going to do it. And you know what happened? His testimony got the attention of the king. And the king wasn't real happy in the beginning. He's like, you guys need to eat. You're the best and the brightest. I need your best thinking. I need you working. And Daniel said, hold on, king. Do a test with me. You watch us. And we're going to eat the way that we are prescribed to eat. And if after a certain time we aren't better if we don't look healthy and strong, then we'll do whatever you want. And so, so he said, we're not going to do it. Ask, this, ask yourself this question. Who turns down the best? Who turns down the best for their faith? Daniel. You know why? Hope. Hope. Daniel's God was more important than pleasure Daniel had hope in God and so he wasn't like hey man let's just get all we can do all he said no I have hope and you know what happened the king spoke with them and among them none of them was found Daniel Hananiah uh, Mishael and Ezariah therefore they stood before the king and in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in his kingdom. So what happens is they eat like this. The king comes back and looks at these guys. He sees that they are healthier and stronger than everybody. All those other young ones that had been pulled alongside that ate that stuff, they were sick and they had gained weight and they were not healthy. And Daniel and his guys were healthy and strong. And the king said, let them eat like that. And you know what happened? The king left them alone and their testimony and their faith was that testimony. And then they were able to be ten times better than the best in Babylon. You see, Daniel and his fellow believers used God and they used their testimony and their faith even in the struggle and proved it to be more valuable. Now listen to me, listen to me, don't miss this, don't miss this because that testimony and that faith gave them a voice. I said that testimony and that faith gave them a voice. It gave them a voice in the struggle. It gives you a voice 
in the struggle. A voice that was not just recognized by their own, but recognized by all. I said a voice that was not just recognized by their own, but a voice that was recognized by all. And it gave them a platform to promote hope. Their voice gave them a platform to promote hope. But why? Why? And how could they have such courage? How could they have such courage? Number two, we must remember God is in control in both good times and bad times. What gave them the courage to have hope? What gave them the courage to speak words of hope? What gave them that courage? They knew that God was sovereign, that God was in control. God is not taken by surprise by coronavirus. God is not taken in surprise by COVID-19. God is not taken in surprise by a world shutdown or a country shutdown or a state shutdown. God is not taken by surprise. And you know, three of those uh, close brothers of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, in Daniel chapter 3, they're taken and they refuse to bow down and they won't bow down. And the king says, well, then throw them in a fiery furnace. You can read this in Daniel chapter 3. That's your homework for today. You can read this. And here's what they said to him in verses 13, uh, 17 and 18 of Daniel chapter 3. They said, O king, you can heat that thing up as much as you want and you can throw us in the fiery furnace if you want. We know, we know we have hope that our God can deliver us. Our God can deliver us. Now, they didn't say will. They said our God can deliver us. And then they said, oh, and by the way, even if he doesn't, you see, they have hope not just in this life, not just in this flesh, but they have hope in being with God forever. But even if he doesn't, we won't worship you because God is the only one worthy to be worshiped. And you know what the king did? He didn't let them go. He threw them in the fiery furnace. And you know what happened? Jesus showed up in the fire. I said Jesus showed up in the fire. He showed up in the fire. And then when they came out, the fire, they, they came out of that fire. And you know what happened? They didn't even smell like smoke. And I'm telling you right now, we're going to come through this coronavirus. We're going to come through this COVID-19. And we ain't even going to smell like smoke. Why? Because we have hope. We have hope, and we know that God is in control. Oh, but it doesn't stop there because that was Rack, Shack, and Benny. That was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's test. Daniel's test was coming. Daniel's test was coming, and many of you know the story, and many of you don't, from Daniel chapter 6, where Daniel is thrown into the lion's den. Daniel chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But listen to this. Look at me again. Listen to this. But they could not find no ground, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful. They couldn't find a bad thing to say about Daniel. They couldn't find a word to say about him. They couldn't say Daniel was hoarding, Daniel was doing this, Daniel was doing that. They couldn't say anything against Daniel because he was faithful and no error or fault was found with him. When these men said that, we shall not find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. They said the only way we're going to trip up Daniel is in his faith. The only way that we're going to trip up Daniel is if we deal with 
the way he deals with his relationship with God. Now, what a, what a powerful testimony that is. Wouldn't that be wonderful if they could say that about you and me? We're not going to find any fault with them, so we're going to have to find fault with them in the way they worship, in their relationship with God. Daniel was so faithful to God that they couldn't entrap him by any illegal thing, and so they had to make worship illegal. They had to make prayer illegal. You see, Daniel's hope was contagious, and they didn't like that contagious hope. You think COVID-19 is contagious. Let me tell you what else is contagious. Hope. And hope will spread further and wider than this disease. You see, as the king, as the king reluctantly watched Daniel thrown into the lion's den, he had a glimmer, glimmer of hope. Why? Because, you see, the king knew Daniel's God. And the king knew that Daniel prayed. And when the king made a decree that, Dan, that anybody who prayed at, at, to anybody other than him during that time would be thrown into the lion's den, he wasn't thinking about Daniel. But then when he realized what he had done, that he had been fooled, that he had been tricked by these satraps, when he understood that, he was grieved. But he still had hope. He still had hope. You see... Uh, then the king commanded that Daniel was brought and cast into the lion's den. And the, the king declared this. Listen to me. Don't miss hope in this. Don't miss hope. May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. Now, that king is getting ready to throw Daniel into a den full of lions that are hungry, that have not been fed, that will tear him apart. And yet, for some reason, he has hope. Why? Because of the testimony and the faith of Daniel. And Daniel had convinced even the king that God is in control. And so he said, may your God deliver you. You see, Daniel's consistent living testimony of faith had become infectious to the king. And the king was infected with hope. And he hoped God would protect Daniel. And after a long night of waiting... Long night of waiting. Some of us, we've been waiting a long time. This is our sixth Sunday in, uh, in, in, online. This, is, this has been a long time. Wouldn't you agree? A long wait. We've been waiting to see things get back to normal. It's been a long wait. And King waited long. It was the longest night of the King's life. And then look what happens in Daniel 6, 20 and 22. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out. In a tone of anguish, the king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God. I'm going to read that again. O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able, been able, been able to deliver you from the lions. <clears throat> and he waited. And he waited. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. May uh, my God, my God, sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king, I have done no harm. 
as the king was running there to, to Daniel's lion den, there was a slight glimmer of hope. It was mixed with anguish, the same way we all feel right now. We all feel that hope mixed with anguish. When is this going to be over? When, when are we going to get back to normal? When, when, when are people going to recover? When, when are we going to see uh, what, we, what we are hoping for? When, when are we going to see this? And he cried out to Daniel, not sure if he'd get a reply. And there's some of you watching today. There's some of you watching today and you're ready to cry out to God. You're ready to cry out to God, but you're not sure if you're going to get a reply. Let me let you know, you're going to get a reply. You cry out to God today and you'll get a reply. My Bible tells me that anyone who comes to God, he won't turn them away. So you cry out to God. And then from the darkness, the light of hope broke forth. That dark lion's den, all of a sudden light breaks out of there. And what happens? Daniel yells back, I'm alive, I made it, God saved me. The king was so impacted by Daniel's deliverance that he declared everyone in the kingdom should worship the God of Daniel. Everyone in the kingdom should worship the God of Daniel. Do you see why people with hope are the most dangerous people in the world? Do you see that? We can change the atmosphere. We can change the atmosphere of worship. We can even see people's lives changed. We can show them there's someone better to worship than something they've been worshiping. We can turn their hearts to God. Oh, and by the way, if you thought that the lions weren't hungry, well, you remember those guys that set Daniel up? The king said, throw them in there. And before their bodies hit the ground, they were torn apart by the lions. They were hungry, just in case you were wondering. You can read all of this in the text. Why? Why, Daniel? Because Daniel had hope, man. And I want you to have hope today. We can have hope in God's plan and provision for us in both times of prosperity and persecution because of Christ. Because of Christ. The first six chapters of Daniel are the story of Daniel. A story where Daniel refuses to do what the Babylonians do. The second half from, from chapter 7 to 12 is all revelation. It's as Daniel is being, it's prophetic, it's prophecy. And listen to me, if you don't believe that the Word of God is the Word of God... You have to read Daniel chapter 11. And then you have to look at history. History. And you will see that Daniel prophesied history centuries before those things ever took place. It would be impossible for Daniel to prophesy exactly what took place in all of those kingdoms. In Babylon, in the Medo-Persian, in the Greeks, and in the Romans. It would be impossible for him to do it. And it will only strengthen your faith that the Word of God is the Word of God. 
So Daniel has hope. He has hope in God's plan. Do you have hope in God's plan? I have hope in God's plan. I have hope in prosperity or persecution. Why? Because of Christ. Because of Christ, Daniel chapter 10, uh, 11 and 12. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly loved. <coughs> Understand that the words I speak to you and stand upright. Uh, for, now I have been, uh, I, for now I have been sent to you. And when he was speaking this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God. Your words have been heard and I have come because of your words. Daniel said, uh, Daniel was told that I heard you the first time you prayed about COVID. I heard you the first time you prayed about healing people. I heard you the first time you prayed about the coronavirus. Daniel had been praying for 65 years and God shows up on the scene and says, Daniel, from the very first time you turned to me, I heard you. Let that sink in. God heard you the first time. Now, Daniel's life wasn't easy, and I'm not telling you this life is easy. Make no mistake about it. At 17, he's taken away from everyone and everything that he's ever known and ever loved. But they couldn't take his God from him. Why? Because he, was, he had hope. And God was his hope, and his hope was in God. He faced plots of jealous people, not just to ruin him, but to kill him. And he was literally thrown to the lions. And even in all this terrible time, he didn't shake his fist at God and say, why did you let them throw me to the lions? Instead, he said, God, you delivered me from the lions. Some of us are sitting here saying, why have you thrown me to the lions? Instead of saying, God, save me from the lions. When things are going awesome, and when he had fame and power, he never abused it. Rather, he used it and recognized it to have a voice for God and knew that God had blessed him and positioned him to promote hope in the kingdom. And even when bad news came to Daniel. You see, Daniel was trusting in the prophecies of, Jer of Jeremiah. And Jeremiah had prophesied Israel would only be captive for 70 years. And when they were getting close to the end, Daniel was like, yes, 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 yes. Yes, it's almost over. And he's like, God, when are you going to deliver? And God said, nope. The Israel, the Israelites, they've not turned to me. They continue to live. They continue to mock me. And so Jeremiah prophesied seven, 70 years. I tell you, it's going to be seven times that. And Daniel didn't lose hope. He had just been, he'd been waiting for 70 years. It was the time of deliverance. And God said, Israel has not changed. As a matter of fact, Israel has gotten worse. So this separation is going to go on for longer than you thought. But Daniel, he kept his hope. He figured God got me through this. He'll get me through that. He trusted in God. Even when God told him things were not going to go the way he thought they should. 
I said he trusted in God and hoped in God even when he didn't see things happen the way he thought they should. He prayed. God heard him. But you know why Daniel kept praying? Hope. You know why you need to keep praying? Hope. You know why you need to keep trusting? Hope. You know why you need to keep putting one foot in front of the other? Hope. You know why you need to keep demonstrating compassion? Hope. You know why you need to continue to uh, demonstrate love for God and people? Hope. You know why you need to continue to demonstrate kindness? Hope. It's a hope-based life. That's the kind of hope. You and I can, hi- can have the kind of hope. No, 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 check that. We can have a greater hope than Daniel because of Jesus. You see, a vision came to Daniel of a great statue. And it was a statue made of, of different kinds of metal. There was a statue, and, and part of it was made of gold. And it represented the Babylonian Empire. Then there was part of it that was made of silver, and it recognized the Medo-Persian Empire. Then there was another part of it that was made of bronze, and it recognized and it symbolized the Greek culture. And then there was the bottom was made of iron and clay, and it represented the Roman Empire. And he looked at it, and he's like, man... These powerful empires that are going to promote violence in our world. But a rock from heaven fell and it crushed the feet of the statue and the statue fell over. And Daniel received a vision of a mountain resting upon it in representation of Christ. You see, the Babylonians thought they were strong. Their their empire fell. The Medo-Persians thought they were strong. Their empire fell. The Greeks thought they were undefeatable. Their empire fell. The Romans thought they were undefeatable. Their empire fell. But the kingdom of God lasts forever. Forever. Daniel prophesied in Daniel 11 of the coming of the Son of Man. The coming of Jesus. And do you know that Jesus actually quotes Daniel in Matthew 24 and 25 when he speaks of his return to the earth. He actually quotes Daniel qualifying everything that Daniel said as truth as we await the return of the Messiah. Powerful. Powerful that we can have hope through faith in the perfect life that Jesus lived. Jesus lived the perfect life. He was the Lamb of God. His sacrifice was made on the cross because the cross of Christ is where the justice of God met the grace of God and the rightful wrath of God was satisfied in Christ Jesus and objects of wrath, that was us, became objects of affection, that was us. And then Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Defeating Satan, sin, and death. You think the Babylons, the, the Medo-Persians, the Greeks, and the, and the uh, Romans were tough? Satan, sin, and death were tougher. And guess what? The rock, Jesus, has fallen upon them and crushed them all and vanquished them all. That's why we can have hope today. Down here on earth, we're in captivity. Yeah, we're in captivity but the, 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 the truth of the matter is we're stuck in the middle between life and eternal life. And natural and moral evil, they seek to rob us of our hope. 
COVID seeks to rob us of our hope. Uh, uh, coronavirus seeks to, to rob us of our hope. But the fact of the matter is, is death has been defeated through Jesus Christ. Our hope is Jesus. And our hope is secure. Listen to me what Hebrews says. Hebrews says in chapter 6 verses 19 and 20. Don't miss this. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul. It's firm and secure. Firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf he has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek, which basically means Jesus has become our mediator between God and man. Not your good works, not your good deeds, not any of that. Jesus is the mediator, and the Bible tells me right now that Jesus is interceding for us. COVID doesn't have a chance. With Jesus interceding for us, it ain't got a shot. It ain't got a chance. With Jesus as our intercessor, Jesus as our mediator, Jesus as our soon coming king, it ain't got a shot. We have hope. This hope is what held, Daniel held on to through this whole captivity. While Daniel was stuck in the middle, he kept hope. While you and I are stuck in the middle of this awful, awful time, we have hope. While you and I are facing things that we have never faced before, we have hope. The statue of the Babylonians, the Medo-Persians, the Greeks and the Romans was nothing compared to Satan's sin and death. And they have all been destroyed by God. The Bible says, do we believe that? And the Bible tells us if we believe in Jesus, if we believe that He's the Son of God, we believe that He died on a cross for our sin, we believe that He was resurrected, and we believe that He's preparing a place for us, then anyone who believes that message and receives that message, He gives us the right to be called children of God. That's the hope that we have. That's where our faith comes from. That's the anchor for our soul. Daniel prophesied of Jesus, the Son of Man, coming in the clouds in Daniel chapter 11. Jesus prophesied that I will be coming in the clouds. This is our hope this morning. I hope that you will engage your hope and put your hope in the right things. Will you pray with me this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name, we come to you. And God, I just pray right now that you'll give us hope. Birth in us hope right where we're at. Lord, we trust you. Lord, we love you. Lord, we have faith in you. Do your best work, God. Do your best work right now, wherever we are, God. We trust you. We believe you. If you're there listening right now and you say, man, Pastor Mike, I need that kind of hope. I want to have the kind of hope that Daniel has. I want to have that infectious hope. I want to have that hope that even when I'm facing uh, things that seem insurmountable, 
I want to have hope. If that's you, right where you're at, just simply say, Jesus, I believe in you. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for my sin. And I repent. Jesus, I believe that you defeated Satan's sin and death. Jesus, I believe that you are alive. Jesus, I believe that you're preparing a place for me. And Jesus, I place my hope in you right now. It's in that name, the name that is above every name, that I confess in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. If you said that prayer this morning, I want to welcome you to the kingdom of God. If you said that prayer, you can let us know uh, in the feed right there. You can call the church office, 727-851-9999. We'll send some wonderful information out to you. You can email uh, uh, my administrative assistant, Di, at diwilliams at cityonahillchurch.tv. We just want to celebrate with you what God's doing in your life. And, uh, and I just want you to know now you have a hope that goes beyond this life. And, uh, and, and I want to bless you. We always end on a blessing. I want to bless you today. And I want to bless you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pronounce a blessing over each and every person listening. God, I pray that you will birth in them hope. And I pray that that hope will light up the darkness around them. And I pray, God, that everywhere they go, they'll see your hope. I pray that the words they speak will be full of hope. I pray that what they put in their minds and hearts will be filled with hope. And I pray that the message they carry to the world is a message of hope. It's in Jesus' name we pray and pronounce these blessings. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Well, listen, man, we love you guys, and it was so great.